Hey, Next on the Teen Nation, thanks for tuning in to this segment of the show featuring 2019 Champions Tour Player of the Year, Scott McCarron. Scott and I get into a lot of things. We talk about the Mitsubishi Electric Classic, which he recently played in here in Atlanta. We look ahead to a new event, the World Champions Cup, which is sort of a Ryder Cup President's Cup-like event coming up later this year on the Champions Tour. We also hear some surprising comments about the lack of support that Jay Monahan has for the Champions Tour. Very surprising things. Take a listen to that. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this segment of the show. I want to start out tonight by reminding you about our friends at the McLemore, which is a private resort located just south of Chattanooga, high atop Lookout Mountain, Georgia. It's a casual two-hour drive from Atlanta, Nashville, and Birmingham. The existing Highlands course is now ranked in the top 100 courses you can play in the United States by Golf Digest. The 18th hole, as a matter of fact, is ranked in the top 10 finishing holes in the world. A second course, the Outpost, is now under construction, which will open summer of 2024. The Outpost is another Bill Berg and Reese Jones design and features a mile and a half of dramatic cliff edge, with every inch of that edge filled with a golf hole. A world-class hotel, Cloudland Lookout Mountain Curio Collection by Hilton, will open spring of 2024. Both the course and the hotel have incredible views into historic McLemore Cove, 1,200 feet below. You gotta see it to believe it, folks. Stay, dine, and play golf above the clouds at McLemore. Go online to McLemore.com to book your stay and play package today. Now let's talk grips. I want to tell you about Lampkin grips. Every shot, as you know, has its own unique feel. The trick? Feel comfortable with each one. And comfort is built into the very DNA of Sonar Plus Black Grips. Composed of their Genesis material that provides supreme comfort and durability with their fingerprint technology creates a strong connection and unforgettable touch. The game changes from shot to shot. The feel on your hand shouldn't. Lampkin. Feel is everything. I also want to remind you about the all-new Stealth 2 driver from TaylorMade. If there's one thing we know golfers want from a driver, it's distance. But there's actually two things we all want. Distance, and let's not forget forgiveness. That's why TaylorMade designed the Stealth 2 driver with even more carbon for even more forgiveness. To learn more about the new Stealth 2 driver from TaylorMade, visit them online at TaylorMadeGolf.com. Okay, now back in next on the tee with me is 2019 Champions Tour Player of the Year, Scott McCarron. Let me remind you about his background. He's from Sacramento, California, played his college golf at UCLA, where he graduated with his degree in history. Following that graduation, he stepped away from the game for a few years to help his father and their family get their golf apparel business going. Came back and turned pro in 1992 and earned his way onto the PGA Tour in 1994. He won three times on the PGA Tour at the 1996 Freeport McDermott Classic by five strokes over Tom Watson. Here in Atlanta in 1997 at the Bell South Classic by three strokes over David Duvall, Lee Jansen, and Brian Henninger. And he repeated at the Bell South Classic in 2001, winning by a stroke over Mike Weir. He partnered with Bruce Litsky and later Brad Faxon to win the Templeton Shark Shootout three times. And he and Brian Henninger paired up to win the Fred Meyer Challenge in 2002. Since joining the Champions Tour, Scott has won 11 times. And one of those wins again back here in Atlanta at the Mitsubishi Electric Classic. And like I say, in 2019, Scott won the Charles Schwab Cup plus the Jack Nicholas Trophy for being their player of the year. And he added the Honor Palmer Award for being number one on the money list. 
Recently fought his way back from foot and ankle injuries, and I'm very honored to have him back with me again today here on Next on the T. Hey, Scott, thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, Chris, happy to be back. Scott, I know you're coming off playing here in Atlanta this past weekend at the Mitsubishi Electric Classic. I had uh, the privilege of watching you on the range on Sunday morning. Looks like you're hitting the ball very well. You're headed into a major now over in Alabama at the Regions. How do you feel about the state of your game? Well, you know, my game's just been uh, okay. A little up and down. Um, I've, had a, I've had a lot of tournaments where I finished uh, inside the top 20. The last couple of weeks, I was inside the top 20 going into Sunday, and I had two bad Sunday rounds. So a little disappointed uh, with my finishes the last two weeks. Um, but I'm still hitting a lot of good shots and making a bunch of birdies. So uh, there's definitely some good things that are happening. And I, I met a golf course this week, uh, Greystone, which is a golf course I like. I've played well at before. So looking forward to uh, a good tournament. Looks like the weather's going to be nice and warm this week, and golf course should be in perfect shape. Scott, like I say, you're you're about 18 months away from having had foot surgery. And, and uh, I've, I've said many times as I was watching you kind of go through the rehab and and you were having to put the foot up and the peg leg that you had going on, that you were probably the best one-legged golfer in the history of, of the game. How, but how are you feeling <laughs> physically? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, Chris, it's, it's uh, taken a long time to get over the, uh, the foot injury uh, with the ankle surgery, but uh, I'm starting to feel pretty good, to be honest. I'm not thinking about it when I'm swinging, which is great. Now it still gets a little swollen at night um, after uh, after walking, especially last week, walking 10 miles in that golf course, a lot of up and downs, but uh, I'm feeling good. And if I'm going out there and not being able to, not having to think about it when I'm swinging, you know, I'm pretty much over all that surgery stuff. So uh, now I'm ready to start playing some good golf. And uh, hopefully that'll that'll start here this week. When I was watching you on the range and then looking over your stats, I mean, you still hit the golf ball a very long way. I think right up there with anybody still out there on the PGA Tour, let alone the Champions Tour. And you're just a, a few months younger than I am. I'm, I turned 58 in April. I know you'll turn it in July. You drive last Friday. You hit one 354. You're averaging 295 on the season, which is third out there. I mean, talk about your driving distance. It doesn't seem like you've lost anything from your days on the PGA tour to right now? Well, certainly I think uh, a lot of it has to do with the equipment um, with the driver and the ball definitely going a lot farther. Um, I'm still in pretty good shape. I still work out, you know, three or four or five times a week. Uh, so I'm able to swing fairly fast at it. Uh, I still have about 170 mile an hour ball speed. So I'm in the upper echelon, uh, certainly on the champions tour. And I would be about average on the PGA tour. But uh, the upper echelon on the PGA Tour, those guys hit it a lot farther than I do. I mean, some of these guys are getting almost a 190 ball speed. So, you know, it's just one of those things that I've always hit the ball far. Um, it's something that uh, even I did uh, on the PGA Tour. I was in the top 10 driving distance, I think, my first seven years on the PGA Tour. Um, and I think I was second last year on the Champions Tour to Padre Harrington. So I'm still hitting it far, uh, which is good. I still hit it fairly straight. I, I think that's probably one of the best things that I do is drive the golf ball. I've always been a pretty good driver of the golf ball. And last week, uh, you know, I, I had some pretty good drives out there. That one that went 354, uh, obviously caught a little bit of downslope and, and went a long way. So uh, I was able to take advantage of a lot of those holes. Uh, on Saturday, I drove two of the par fours and I think I had eight irons and nine irons and a couple of the par fives because on a couple of those holes, you can get it over some of the ridges and it'll run about 50, 60 yards. So, you know, it's just something that uh, I've, I've always hit far, and I, I'd like to continue. I'm 57, I'll be 58 here soon, and 
I feel like my swing uh, is still just as fast as it's ever been. Scott, I'm going to try to avoid the interview jinx, but looking at your stats, coming into the tournament this week, you had gone 109 holes without a three-putt, which tells me you're rolling the ball really well. How are you feeling on the greens? Well, the putting's been uh, decent. Um, you know, I've, I've been a little bit of streakier this year than I have in the years past, uh, a little more consistent in the years past. This year, I've had some good putting rounds, and I've also had some poor putting rounds. So, um, you know, I've been working a little bit on my putting. I've uh, seen a few guys, Dr. Craig Farnsworth, and I worked a little bit with Ronnie Stockton. Last week, uh, he was up in the Charlotte to Wells Fargo working with a bunch of guys. and Happened to see him on a flight uh, going to Charlotte, so we got together on Monday and spent a couple hours together. Always good being uh, with the Stocktons. They're they're a great family, and I used to I used to get lessons from uh, their dad, Dave Stockton. I used to go duck hunting with Dave Stockton and his son, Dave Stockton Jr., who you know we kind of grew up together, playing a lot of golf and uh, played on the PGA Tour together. So it was good getting with those guys. But you know, it's just a matter of getting out there and trusting it, and uh, being able to roll the ball on your intended path. And and last week's greens were very very fast. And with the windy conditions, made it difficult. So I had a few three putts that I'd like to have back. But all in all, we're definitely trending in the right direction. You guys have back-to-back majors now with the tradition over at Greystone Golf and Country Club in Birmingham coming up this week. I know that's where you're at now. You've got a bye week after that and then followed by a, a senior PGA championship up in Frisco, Texas. To me, majors are as much a mental grind as they are a physical grind. Is it tough dealing with back-to-back major sandwiched around an off week? Well, I think it's a lot of fun for us. Uh, one, we get to play. It's a f- they're both four-round tournaments, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, there seems to be uh, a little more pump and circumstance when you get to the golf course. Uh, we get some bigger galleries, especially here in Alabama. Um, we'll remain to be seen when we'll get Frisco, but uh, usually we get some good crowds for the uh, PGA, and we're going to a place that was just built by the PGA of America. And I hear it's supposed to be fantastic. So looking forward to that. You know, having two majors back to back, for us, it's a lot of fun. I mean, we have five majors on our tour. Um, sometimes they're spread out a little bit and sometimes they're <laughs> all lumped together. So uh, this this year, uh, we've got the regions and then we have a week off and then we go right into the PGA, um, which should be great. And then uh, play a couple of weeks and then the uh, senior open. So, you know, it's kind of fun for us to play these majors and uh, I like playing them back to back. The tradition is a tournament where you've had success in the past. You finished in the top six three times. Back in 2017, you're right there until Bernard Langer shoots a 64 in the final round. But you had three rounds in the 60s that that week. Talk about the course and the success you've been able to have there. Yeah, it's definitely a golf course that I've had some success at. Uh, I felt like I could have won a couple times here and didn't get the job done. I mean, but also felt like uh, you know I had my chances, but some other guys played better. Lawyer played a great round. Strings played great rounds. Uh, I've been in the final quite a few times uh, on Sunday, and it certainly is a golf course that fits my eye. I mean, a lot of the uh, par fives, I'm able to, you know, get it, drive it down there pretty far, and have a chance to go at some of these greens with irons. And uh, it's just, it's a, it's a good golf course, and uh, you got to, you got to drive it well, and you got to keep the ball in play uh, under the hole. A lot of these greens can be a little tough, and they've got some really good par threes on this golf course which I think uh, make this golf course tough. And, and then it's got a kind of exciting finishing hole with that par five with the creek running all up the right side. And then the creek uh, transfers over to the left side up by the green with a little bit of a lake and 
you know, it's a tough driving hole and a really tough second shot. So it's a very good risk reward hole. And with all the galleries, the big grandstands behind there, it's a, it's a great finishing hole for us. Speaking of majors, on the PGA Tour, the PGA Championship is back at Oak Hill this year. You finished tied for 14th when it was played there in 2003. Also had a great week when the Senior PGA Championship was held there not long ago. What do you remember about the week in 2003, the week you had there at the Senior PGA, and what do you think about the golf course? Yeah, that, that was the week Sean McKeel won. Hit a great shot uh, on the last hole to win uh, his major PGA Championship. It's a great golf course. I actually uh, was able to go back and play the Senior PGA a couple years ago. Um, where Ken Tanagawa made about a 15-footer for par in the last hole to beat me by a shot. So uh, that was one that I, I felt uh, I could have had uh, as well. And So it's a good golf course. They've now done a total redo um, after we finished a couple of years ago. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what it looks like uh, on TV. I guess they took out a lot of trees. Some of the routing's a little bit different. Um, so it should be an exciting championship. And it was I just remember it was always a very difficult golf course, um, but a lot of fun and very fair to play. Later this summer in August is the Shaw Classic, an event you won back in 2018, thanks to a great final round 63 that included a hole-in-one that you jarred on 14. Right after your shot, Bernard Langer nearly aced it on top of you. Take us back to that hole-in-one in the wild back nine where you and Joe Durant went back and forth. It was a tremendous finish and a great victory for you. Yeah, that was a good victory. And that was, uh, I think I won, had won two in a row there. Uh at Shaw Charity Classic uh, is another golf course that uh, I really enjoy playing. It's a very narrow driving golf course, but one that if you hit it straight and far, you can reach a lot of the par five. So uh, I won twice in a row there and then went back to defend the, the third time and uh, eagled the last hole looking like I had a pretty good chance. And then uh, West Short Jr. hit a shot that ran, landed in the middle of the lake and hit a rock in the middle of the lake and bounced on the green. He was able to two-putt for birdie to beat me by a shot. So probably the worst break i ever seen for myself, but one of the best breaks i ever seen for another player, West Short. And, uh, you know, or else that would have been three in a row. That would have been pretty exciting. But it's a, it's a fun golf course, and I'm looking forward to uh, going up and playing this year. Scott, we're going to have something this year on the Champions Tour that I've been hoping for for years, and that's a sort of combination Ryder Cup, President's Cup-like event called the World Champions Cup, and I'm excited that we're going to be able to see that finally. Jim Furyk is the U.S. team captain. How much does wanting to be on that team motivate you? Well, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I, I wish we would have done it four or five years ago, then I would have been on the team easy. So <laughs> I got my work cut out for me now uh, to get on that team. And, you know, I haven't really talked to Jim uh, or talked to our guys too much about that, um, how they're going about uh, picking the team and but it would be one that I would really like to play, and I think it would be a lot of fun. So uh, that's certainly a goal I'm setting is to start playing some good golf to have a chance to be on that team. Um, should be a lot of fun, and I, you know I think it'll be great for a lot of these guys that played Ryder Cups, and Presidents Cups against each other to uh, to be in that scene again. Um, all the great names that uh, we watched over the years on those great uh, cups, and actually it should be great. So that's something I, I would love to play in. Your Twitter background image is the seventh green at Pebble Beach, one of the most iconic golf holes in our game. Is that your favorite course? And, and what's the range of clubs that you've had to hit on that hole, which typically only plays about 106 yards, sometimes down into the 90-yard range? But with the winds and all, they can play havoc on what club you have to hit. What's the range you've had to hit there? 
I, I yeah, I have. I had one year where I played uh, a pro am right before the AT and T, uh, and the winds came in dead in, and it was a four iron that day. Um, just trying to chip it down there, and it was blowing forty five, fifty miles an hour. Balls were getting on the green and blowing from the middle of the green all the way off on on six and seven. And uh, by the time we got to eight, they actually uh, they called the they called the round for the eight. And I think uh, I think everyone. Would, I think leader was about 10 over at the time through about eight <laughs> holes. <laughs> it was quite a day. Uh, but, but again, you know, you Pebble beach is just one of my favorite places uh, to play. I grew up as a kid in Nona, California. And when we played all their tournament champions was there. So I played junior events, there, amateurs event there, and then uh, got to play there many times in the PGA tour. So I, you know, played over Pebble beach, probably over a hundred and something times. And it's just a golf course. that's one of my favorites. And, uh, just absolutely love love being out there at Pebble Beach. Scott, one of the things I've talked about recently with Hal Sutton is when to play to win and when to be conservative because sometimes you can snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. In 2017 at the Allianz Championship, you go out Eagle 18 to edge Kenny Perry and Carlos Franco for the win. Talk about your mindset on the second shot on 18, knowing that Eagle wins the golf tournament for you. Birdie gets you into a playoff but par is no good. Yeah, I do. I remember that very well. Um, great golf course in, in Boca. And it was a par five. I hit a really good drive up the right-hand side. And uh, we were hitting right into the thing. Side. I hit, hit seven iron from about 8,500 yards over a tree, over a bunker. Um, and when I got over the ball, it was just one of those things that you couldn't see really anything. So I had the tree. I had the sun was setting. And uh, I had to just kind of pick out a blade of grass in front of me and set up and just trust that I was lined up correctly. And I think that actually helped me because I wasn't able to see any of the trouble. I was blinded so much by the sun that I just made a beautiful swing, just hit the seven hundred about as hard as I could. And uh, when I hit it, I never saw it. You know, I turned to my caddy and like, where'd it go? He goes, it looking, looking good. So um, when we got up there, it was about uh, six, seven feet just short of the pin, just a little bit left. And you know, I had one of those putts that, uh, you know, you want to have to make to, to win a golf tournament. I was able to pour it in to, uh, to win that championship. And it was very exciting win for us and uh, was a lot of fun. Scott, is there a goal you haven't achieved yet or a tournament you have at one that you have circled on the calendar? You know, I wouldn't say that there's one specific event that I have that I want to win or that type of goal. You know, for me is, is getting back and being patient. Um, having a chance to win these tournaments with nine holes to play, put yourself in that position. That's really why I play and practice and eat right and work out and do all those things I need to do just to get in that position, to get those feelings um, that you get when you have a chance to win a golf tournament. You know, sometimes winning, you know, you win some and sometimes you lose some. Sometimes you you play well to beat everyone. And sometimes someone just beats you. So you can't really control that. All you can do is control yourself and your emotions um, and being patient and being one shot at a time and, and put yourself in that position. So you have an opportunity. So my goal is more just getting myself an opportunity more often um, to have those, those chances. And uh, you know, lately I really haven't done a very good job of doing that. So uh, that's, that's kind of where I've, where I've got to be right now. Just got to be patient and uh, enjoy, enjoy the game and be grateful that I get to still play the game. I love for a living at 57 years old. Scott, when I observe you around the other players, it just it feels like you're a leader out there on the Champions Tour, a leader of the players. 
how much how much leadership do you get to have? How much input do you get to have on what's going on out on the Champions Tour? <laughs> you know, Chris, it's, it's funny that you say that. Um, you know, I was on the board when I was on the PGA Tour. I've been on the pack here on the Champions Tour for many years. And um, I've certainly been a voice that challenges the tour and the administration every chance I can. Because Peter Jacobson told me when I became a board member on the PGA Tour, my job was to question everything that the PGA Tour did. Um, you know, ask these questions of why can we do something better? How do we get better? And that's certainly, I've certainly something that I've taken to heart, you know, all through the PJ tour and on the champions tour. And I've, I've done that for the last six, seven years, um, on the champions tour. Um, you know, now it's kind of like you have to, you have to sit back and pass it on to the younger guys coming up because you can't be that guy that, that takes over every meeting. Um, and you, you've got to educate some of the younger players that are coming up on how things run. So uh, I'm taking a little step back. Um, I guess maybe a little four step back from the tour, uh, as far as the, being a, a leader out there, but I'll certainly be back again at some point. Um, but I'm not on the pack this year and I'm not on the board. Do you see any changes coming up on the champions? Tour? I mean, this has been, and you talk about upheaval, there's been a huge amount of upheaval in the game of golf between the PGA tour and what's going on with live golf. It seems like the, 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 the Champions Tour could benefit from some of that. Do you see any major changes happening? Well, that's a great question, Chris. Um, I think that the PGA Tour Championships needs to start changing. I think, uh, one, we've got a gentleman that's going to come out in a couple of years that has told a lot of us, and me specifically as well, that he's going to play. And if Tiger Woods comes out and plays seven to ten times, that's going to be huge for our tour. Um, it'll be, you know, we've got to get our purses up. Uh, we're at about two million bucks right now. We've got to get them up to about three million over the next year and a half, two years, I believe. Um, we've got to entice Tiger to be able to come out there and play. You know, Tiger might have to take a cart at that point, and uh, hopefully, he'll come out and do that. And so, we we need that. Um, you know, these are the greats of the games, the Hall of Famers, uh, the people in our demographic, and that people demographic from forty to seventy all watched us growing up. Um, playing on the PGA Tour as as young adults and kids, and that that demographic is huge. Uh, that's the buying power um, of America. So you know we have a great opportunity to, and we have a great product. And the fact that uh, the players themselves, um, you can get up and talk to these guys um, when you have a pro am pairings party. All the guys show um, they do a phenomenal job in the pro ams themselves. So I, I think we've had a great product. I think we've got to continue to push the limits to get these purses up a little bit. And uh, we got to get ready for the next generation of guys coming up to continue it. Um, I'm not so sure the, the PGA Tour is on board with that. And I think, uh, you know, we, we need to keep pressing Jay Monahan, who is uh, our supposed leader. Um, and we got to push him as much as we can to, to help the Champions Tour. Um, as much as he's been doing with the PGA Tour, we really haven't seen any benefit at all. Has that been one of the downsides of Live Golf and Phil going over to be uh, over on Live? Because it seemed like you guys got a, a little bit of a shot in the arm when Phil was starting to come out there. Is that well? Is that an, I think so. Certainly, yeah. I would say you know Phil uh, not being able to play our tour uh, definitely hurts us because when he came out and played, it was a big shot in the arm for us. Uh, our ratings in Jacksonville that year, he played beat the PGA Tour. Um, I also don't believe the PGA Tour likes that. <laughs> you know, when the Champions Tour beats them in ratings. And I think some of these guys coming out, um, when you've got a, a, a Lee Westwood um, could be coming out in a couple of years, 
um, Henrik Stenstrand, Ian Poulter, I mean, uh, Graham McDowell. These guys were, you know, great, great players in the PGA Tour, great Ryder Cuppers, great European guys. You know, as of right now, unfortunately, they won't be able to play. Um, and people say, well, they're going to have a ton of money. They won't want to play. The thing is, we're all golfers. We all love to compete. I don't care how much money you have. Um, you still want to be able to compete and play. So in four or five years when uh, they're not playing live anymore, when, you know, Liv's looking for the younger guys, if they're still around, um, we certainly, that would be a huge shot in the arm for us to have those guys to be able to play. It remains to be seen if they will be able to. Why wouldn't the tour want you guys to succeed like that? That's the question you have to ask Jay Monahan. Wow. That's a head scratcher to me. I mean, you guys are, you know, all, you would think all in the family, right? Kind of thing. But you would think so. Yeah, you would think so. Scott, before I let you go, remind our listeners, how can they stay up to date with all the great things you're doing? Follow you, whether it's online or it's on social media. Yeah, you follow us online, uh, you know, pjtour.com does a nice job with uh, that website. You can follow me on Twitter uh, at Scott McCarran. And then uh, I have an Instagram, but I really don't do much on Instagram. So don't follow me on that one. <laughs> I really don't know how to do it. My wife does, but I don't. Great. <laughs> uh, God, I can't thank you enough for being generous with your time and coming back and and being a part of the show. You're absolutely one of my favorites. I can't wait to catch up with you again, hopefully sometime soon. Anytime. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Scott. Take care. Yeah. That is the great Scott McCarron, folks. Just absolutely one of my favorite guys out on the PGA Tour anywhere, for that matter. I marvel at his golf swing, the strength and the power that he has. He's a fantastic guy, as you just heard. Clearly a leader out there on the Champions Tour. I sure hope he makes it to the World Championship Cup team. I'd love to be able to uh, to root not only for Team USA, but Scott McCarron wearing the red, white, and blue. I think that would be a huge draw. I'm looking forward to that later on this year. And hopefully, like I say, we are blessed to get Scott back on the show again soon.